Let me just be clear, 100% clear. My issue with this is not about, it's actually not about Joe Biden and corruption. I personally, I, don't, I didn't need the Hunter Biden New York Post story to tell me or confirm that Joe Biden is corrupt. All you got to do is look at his record. He's bought off just like the rest of them, just like the rest of them, because we live in the United Corporations of America. Okay, I didn't need the New York Post or Hunter Biden to reveal that to me. Um, And also the New York Post Hunter Biden story, which if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're living under a rock. But basically, the New York Post, uh, I guess it seems like five years ago, but it was only a week ago, they reported and they obtained emails showing that Joe Biden met with a high up number three executive at the Ukrainian uh, oil company, Burisma, which is where Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, was on the board of. Uh, I'll read this part if you need a reminder what we're talking about here. Hunter Biden introduced his father, then Vice President Joe Biden, to, to a top executive at a Ukrainian energy firm less than a year before the elder Biden pressured government officials in Ukraine into firing a prosecutor who was investigating the company, according to emails obtained by the Post. The never-before-revealed meeting is mentioned in a message of appreciation that Vadim Pozarisky, I probably botched that pronunciation, an advisor to the board of Burisma, allegedly sent Hunter Biden on April 17th 2015, about a year after Hunter joined the Burisma board at a reported salary of up to $50,000 a month. Quote, Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. Really an honor and pleasure. The emails read. So bottom line, let's just with a caveat say if the story is true, I think it is true and I'm going to tell you why. Bottom line, the New York Post obtained emails showing that Joe Biden, who said he has had zero dealings with Hunter Biden in terms of his business dealings in Ukraine or anywhere else. He said he never talked to Hunter about it. He said, I never, I've never had meetings about it. That story would reveal that Hunter, that Joe Biden met with this uh, Burisma executive where Hunter, his son, was serving as a board member, making $50,000 a year to do nothing. And then a year later, when a Ukrainian prosecutor was investigating Burisma, Joe Biden went out of his way to basically threaten Ukrainian government. If you don't fire this prosecutor, we're pulling the aid the United States gives to Ukraine. The bottom line is the New York Post reported that Joe Biden met with this Burisma executive because Hunter Hunter Biden set it up while he was vice president. And then later on, when a Ukrainian prosecutor was investigating said company, Joe Biden stepped in to get this prosecutor fired. This was being called a right wing smear. This was being called being called a Fox News story. And Biden said, I I never had conversations with my son about his business dealings. I know nothing about it. This is just smears. This is just smears. And basically, like they did in the Democratic primary, the corporate media basically fluffed Joe Biden's pillows, didn't challenge him on it, didn't investigate it because they are an arm of the corporate Democratic establishment. So when you look at a story like this, the initial reaction we know, Facebook's communications person announced We're basically hiding it. We're not allowing it to be prominently showed on Facebook. Then Twitter literally blocked your ability to share the story. This is censorship. 
right? And the main point is, there's several points. Number one, Joe Biden did not deny that the emails were authentic or real. His campaign did not deny that the emails were authentic or real. Joe Biden or his campaign also did not firmly deny that he met with this Ukrainian Burisma executive. They came out with the classic Washington non-denial denial. You got that? Non-denial denial. Well, we don't see that a meeting was ever scheduled. We don't see it in our schedule. I mean, okay, that's not saying it didn't happen. And you would think, I'll tell you what, if somebody accused me of having a meeting with a Ukrainian oil man a year before pressuring a Ukrainian, um, a Ukrainian, um, the Ukrainian government to fire this prosecutor, and I didn't meet with that person, I would definitively say, I didn't meet with this person. This is BS. Prove it, because I didn't meet with him. That's what I would say. That's generally what innocent people do, right? So, but the media and Silicon Valley and much of Silicon Valley is former Democratic Party operatives. <laughs> the media just decided we're going to censor this. We don't know if it's real. And then came the, the Biden campaign, which is a very, very deja vu to the Clinton campaign, screaming Russia. They screamed, this is a Russian disinformation campaign. And then 50 former Intel executives that just happened to be open that they're supporting Biden came out saying, with no evidence provided, by the way, because, of course, with Russiagate, there's never any evidence needed. They come out saying this has the markings of a Russian disinformation campaign. What's the evidence of that? Uh, it doesn't matter. We're just going to say, it. OK, well, the director of national intelligence and the FBI came out saying uh, we have no evidence that this is a Russian disinformation campaign. Now, I want to be consistent. I always tell you, don't just lazily believe whatever intelligence agencies tell you because they're often wrong and they often lie. In this case, I don't have a reason not to believe it because this F Trump has been on the warpath with the FBI director, Christopher Wray, for not opening flimsy investigations into his political opponents. So if Christopher Wray is saying we have who has been relatively fair and has not just done Trump's bidding, if he's saying, well, I, we don't have any firsthand intel that Russia is behind this. OK, then I have no reason to think that. But now there's a new element that if before I said there's no evidence these emails are not true, they keep saying they're, they're not true, just like Hillary Clinton's campaign, just like Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016, when WikiLeaks was dumping the Podesta emails, they kept saying, oh, they're not. Re they were basically hemming and hawing and deflecting. Oh, we, you know, we think we think these are forged with no evidence. And they weren't forged, obviously. But now, after this story has been censored for over a week now, the only discussion of the story has been the censorship of the story. Now it comes out. Hunter Biden's business partner calls the emails genuine, meaning they are real, and says Hunter sought Joe Biden's advice. I'm going to read you this. Tony Dablonski, who was listed as the recipient of an email published by the New York Post that appeared to detail a business arrangement involving a Chinese company 
and member of the Biden fa- members of the Biden family has confirmed that the email is genuine and provided more information regarding the Biden's role in the deal. The email includes a note that, quote, Hunter has some office expectations he will elaborate. A proposed equity, spl- equity split references 20 for H and 10 held by H for the big guy with no further details. Quote, the reference to the big guy in the much publicized May 13, 2017 email is in fact a reference to Joe Biden. Bobolinsky said in a statement to Fox News. Bobolinsky said he is the CEO of Cinehawk Holdings, which he explained, quote, was a partnership between the Chinese operating through CEFC Chairman Yi, uh, that's, a, that's a Chinese energy company, and the Biden family. He said he was brought on as CEO by Hunter Biden and James Gillar, who was listed as the sender of the email. Bobolinsky went on to say he does not believe Joe Biden's past claim that he and Hunter did not discuss his son's hunt, his son Hunter's business, claiming that Hunter frequently referenced asking him, meaning Biden, for his sign off or advice on various potential deals. Quote, I've seen Vice President Biden saying Vice President Biden saying he's he never talked to Hunter about his business. I've seen firsthand that that's not true because it wasn't just Hunter's business. They said they were putting the Biden family name and its legacy on the line, Bobolinsky said. Quote, the Biden family aggressively leveraged he ag- aggressively leveraged the Biden family name to make millions of dollars from foreign entities, even though some were communist controlled China, he added. Bobolinsky also said that he believes that the Chinese involvement in the deal was, quote, political or influence investment on their part, and that, quote, Hunter wanted to use the company as his personal piggy bank by just taking money out of it as soon as it came from the Chinese. So there's a lot of things here. There's a lot here. So let's unpack this. First of all, first of all, let me go back to the original story. Joe Biden's campaign did not, again, blinking red lights, Joe Biden's campaign did not challenge that these emails were authentic. Joe Biden's campaign did not definitively firmly say, I never met with this Ukrainian oil exec a year before I then tried to get a prosecutor in Ukraine fired who was investigating that oil company. He lied. He said, I never met with anyone from Burisma. He said, I never talked to Biden or Hunter about his business dealings. But Twitter and Facebook and probably YouTube mixed with uh, New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, all in a coordinated manner, censored this story. They blocked it. To me, I'm not bothered by I'm not, the dangerous thing here to me is not, oh, they're censoring this story and it could affect the election. To me, even if it's 100% true, and I think it looks clear that it is true, it doesn't magically make Joe Biden more corrupt than Donald Trump. It doesn't mean go vote for Trump. To me, who you vote for is your decision. To me, it's irrelevant how it affects the election. It isn't journalists' job to selectively censor truthful facts based on the calendar date, if it's close to an election or not. That is partisans. That's not journalism. Journalists' jobs are to vet information as best as you can 
and make sure and deliberate whether it's true or not before releasing it. So look how they censor this story that, again, Biden's campaign didn't challenge the authenticity of the emails. Biden's campaigns didn't um, strongly deny ever meeting with this person. All they did was just scream Russia disinformation with no evidence that it's disinformation. And all the ducks lined up in a row to censor this story. Look at that compared to these same outlets. These same outlets, they didn't block uh, the passing of Michael Cohen was in Prague and that Russiagate story. They didn't block the passing of a Washington Post story that said Vermont hacked Vermont's, uh, excuse me, that Russia hacked Vermont's electricity grid, grid to shut off the power. They didn't block a highly dubious story or not just block of suppress it on Facebook and blocking it from being shared of Russia was paying Afghanistan. They were paying mercenaries in Afghanistan to kill U.S. soldiers with bounties. No evidence. Anonymous intel officers that have been spewing and leaking the same evidence-free stories for four, really for 50 years, but specifically on Russia for four years. Look at that selective censorship. One story, one set of stories is all bad for Trump. They not only they not only allow it, they don't block it. They elevate those stories. You think it's just coincidence that all of these Russiagate stories are always trending? Number one, number two, Twitter, Facebook, push it. Okay, but a story that frankly should not have waited till three weeks before the presidential election because the media should have aggressively investigated this during the Democratic primary. But instead, they opted to have a pillow party with Joe Biden to never challenge him, to treat him with kid gloves, frankly, to hide the fact that he's not, clearly he's not cognitively sharp. They hid the fact that he was forgetting Obama's name several times in the speech. They hid the fact that he was making incoherent statements half the time. When they did show his incoherent statements, they were pretending that they're just gaffes rather than there's something going on here and that it wasn't a stutter from his childhood because when he was vice president, he wasn't having these cognitive verbal issues. When he was a senator, he wasn't having these cognitive verbal issues. So the selective censorship here is alarming. If Joe Biden never met with this executive at Burisma, don't you think he would have strongly denied it and said, you proved that I met with him because I never met with him. If he has proof that we met, I'd like to hear it. That's what innocent people do. He didn't do that. He just said, his campaign said, well, we don't have it in the schedule, which is a classic Washington, D.C., non-denial denial. He also, this campaign never challenged, and Glenn Greenwald has pointed this out, they never once challenged the authenticity of the emails in question here. All they're doing is saying, we don't see it in the schedule. It's a spear campaign. It's Russian disinformation. Basically, Biden is borrowing Trump's fake news. Biden is, and his campaign are just reflect, reflect, uh, reflexively screaming fake news, Russian disinformation, blah, 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 blah. Close your eyes, count to 10. They're literally borrowing the Trump playbook in this case, 
in a, in a much different way. And by the way, Glenn Greenwald points out, he posted uh, a video where CBS's Leslie Stahl interviewed Trump. Let me play you that video first. It's this, I think it's one of the biggest scandals I've ever seen, and you don't cover it. Because you want to talk about... Well, because it can't be verified. You want to talk I'm about insignificant you. things. I'm telling you. Of course it can be verified. Excuse we, me. We they found the laptop. Leslie, Leslie. can't be verified. What can't be verified? The laptop. Why do you say that? Because Even the family hasn't... The family on the laptop, he's gone into hiding. For five days, he's gone into hiding. He's preparing for your debate. Oh, it's taken him five days to prepare? I doubt it. I did. Okay. All right. Go ahead. All right. So let's get back to the name calling. So as Glenn Greenwald pointed out, yet another example of the media explicitly saying they don't think the Hunter email should be discussed, let alone reported, a, corru- a corrupt abdication of their role. Of course it can be and has been verified by others in the email chains, by the hard drive, and by asking Biden. Glenn also said, None of the journalists or media outlets that called these documents Russian disinformation, either on behalf of themselves or by mindlessly citing unnamed intelligence officers, will review or revisit those claims in light of these new facts because they don't have to. And he's talking about uh, this. He's talking about uh, this person's thread. I want to read to you that person's thread. The excuse that it's Russian disinformation has gone out the window with this statement. FBI and DOJ, Department of Justice. So they've just moved on to ignoring it altogether. Again, Tony, uh, Hunter Biden's business, business partner is openly confirming, is openly confirming that the story is true. That the emails are true. So I also want to play what I thought was a miraculous clip. From CNN's Brian Stelter, you know, Mr. Reliable Sources here. Mr. Reliable Sources here. It will show you that there is no consistent corporate media measurement, particularly among pro-Democratic Party media figures. There's no consistent measurement for how to vet stories, which stories should be go out there and be published, and which stories should not. This is from a radio clip. Brian Stelter, uh, Mr. Reliable Sources, was on with a uh, veteran journalist, Susan Ferriccio. I've never heard of her, but she made some good points. Uh, You'll only listen to the audio here. There's no video, but listen to this. Um, I think that they were going to first try to get Fox News to air it, and then they ended up with the New York Post willing to air it. The bottom line is it deserves scrutiny by all media outlets. And if they pick and choose this and decide it's not worth their time, um, I think that's showing real bias. I think everybody deserves to look at the Mueller stuff and everyone should look at this and give Biden the scrutiny that he, you know, he's not running for president of the Glee Club. He's running for president of the United States. And this is serious. These, this is not last year's news. It's whether or not his son was coordinating to get him to talk to these Ukraine oligarchs and he was benefiting from it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really dirty. Okay, and Brian, it, Brian, it needs to be looked at. Forgive me, Brian Stelter, and then I want to move on to the Google, which is a related story. Brian. 
you know, you, I said it was last season. You're saying it's new. Uh, I think bottom line is we don't know what is real and what is fake in these emails, if there is anything real in them. Yeah, but and, that didn't stop any from, from, from reporting the Mueller and the dossier and all I that stuff. You're bitter. Now, I understand that you have a lot of resentment oh, about it. Now, now we have ethics. Okay, now I, we have ethics. Now, that now it's did, don't you dare. Don't you dare act like newsrooms didn't have ethics in 2017 and 2018. Well, I you know they, they did. did. Oh, you can't. You can don't dare me all you want, Brian. I've been doing this for 30 years. So say whatever you want. It's my view. And I have a right to say it. I was so invited on the Your view is that the news media was unethical with Mueller? Hang on a second. One time. I don't quite get what you're just... It's my view. Let me bring in Sarah Fisher, and then I want to move on to Google briefly. But go, go on, Sarah. So basically, just to be clear, CNN's, like, media watchdog, if you would call him that, you have Brian Stelter. CNN's media critic, CNN's media czar, calling it yesterday's news. And like Leslie Stahl, because I showed you that clip from Leslie Stahl of 60 Minutes, he, she said, well, we, we, we can't vet the laptop. Brian Stelter's just saying, we don't know what's real or not real in the emails. That is the giveaway, folks. In this case, they don't know what's real or not real in the emails. So they're not going to pass the story around. But in the case of Russian bounties on uh, U.S. troops in Afghanistan, they run with that. They didn't know if that was real or not. That was based on anonymous, anonymous intelligence officials, just like the Washington Post story on Ver, uh, Russia hacking Vermont's electricity grid. They didn't know if that was real or not. They pushed it anyway. Just like Rachel Maddow pushing that Russia might have the capability of, uh, of um, during the polar vortex a few years ago, of hacking into America's electricity grid and freezing us to death. People pushed that nonsense. I mean, there was countless stories that they did not have definitive evidence were true or not, yet they had no problem pushing it. But now... This Hunter Biden story that, by the way, I think that journalist, the female journalist, was actually doesn't understand the full story. It's not only about Hunter Biden and him being a corrupt dude. It's about Joe Biden possibly profiting as vice president off of being vice president and making money off of it for himself and his family. It's not just about Hunter Biden, folks. It's also about a simple thing. Did Joe Biden meet with this Burisma executive, right? An oil executive that his son Hunter was on the board of the company making $50,000 a year. Did Joe Biden meet with him? And if he met with him, and if he met with him, look to a year later when Joe Biden suddenly cares about a corrupt Ukrainian prosecutor and pushed to get that prosecutor fired. That prosecutor was investigating Burisma who Joe Biden's son was on the board of. What never made sense to me, and I just go by common sense, why would the sitting vice president, Joe Biden, they don't even care about corruption in America because they are corrupt. Why would Joe Biden give a flying excuse my French, demonetized. Why would Joe Biden give a flying about a Ukrainian prosecutor who is corrupt? That does not pass the smell test to me. Seriously, think about it. Why would Joe, Pi Joe Biden get involved trying to get a Ukrainian prosecutor fired? 
Does that make sense? I know I say, folks, the bottom line is, but to me, here's the bottom line. I don't, to, at the end of the day, if this story is true, which I believe it is true, I believe there's smoke. I believe that Joe Biden's campaign, not denying those emails, not challenging those emails, not firmly denying that he never met, that he ever met with this Ukrainian exec. They're now the business partner of Hunter Biden is saying the emails are real. Why would he be saying that? He's saying that he was asked to provide records and documents to a, uh, uh, intelligence committee. So I don't know. We, we could look into his business partner. What reason would he have to lie about this? The point is not, oh, smoking gun. Let This story is real. Hence, Trump is better than Biden. Frankly, I think Trump's going to go hardcore on this story during the debate tonight. And I think it's a waste of his time. He's not going to reverse his sinking Titanic based on Hunter and Burisma and Joe Biden. He has, he has been an awful leader during coronavirus. I have said there is blood on his hands, just keeping it real. He should have acted much more aggressively and earlier and have a national lockdown. I don't care what the civil libertarians said. If we would have done what China did, we'd have a lot less cases and it wouldn't be surging like it is now. Trump has been an awful, awful leader on coronavirus, and he's a corrupt racist. Yes, he's got 15 to 20 credible sexual assault allegations against him. He's an Islamophobe, and he's also stoking white supremacists all over the country. So I'm not a Trump supporter, and if you think me screaming about the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden story is about supporting Trump, then you don't know me and you don't know this channel. What this is about is selective censorship what this is about is corporate media who pretend to be journalists literally pushing and elevating one set of highly dubious stories which is all a lot of the russiagate stories they pumped it they went they went with it 24 7 on cnn on msnbc and the new york times and the washington post when those stories came out to be bunk they never corrected it they pushing and elevating those stories while blocking and harshly vetting and censoring a story that might hurt their friend, the Democratic presidential nominee. That's what this is about, and it's dangerous. And let me tell you why. And I had a conversation with my cousin about this today, who is a progressive. This is a slippery slope, folks. Okay, right now they're censoring a story that maybe you're holding your nose, you're voting for Biden, so you say, great, censor it because I want Trump out, I don't care. Okay, well, what happens? Pandora's box has opened. What happens when we're in 2024? What happens if, I don't know, name your pick. It's Democratic. It's two weeks before the Iowa caucus. It's, you know, presidential candidate Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, primarying President Kamala Harris at, the, at that time. Okay, what happens if there is a highly, highly negative story critical story about President Kamala Harris. I know that's, you know, bothering you to hear that, but we're just, you know, hypothesizing here. What happens if there's a critical story about Kamala Harris doing something corrupt in the White House to financially benefit her and her family and Twitter blocks it and Facebook suppresses it, citing we don't know if the emails are true. We don't know. If it, we don't know. There's no certainty. Meanwhile, a hatchet job story comes out about uh, her challenger, AOC, 
who, by the way, in polls at that time, four years in the future, is leading in Iowa, leading in New Hampshire, leading in other places, and they push it, push it, push it, push it. That is the selective censorship coming to a theater near you because it's already happening now. And if you're okay with it, just because you want Trump out, then you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow when the censorship comes back to bite you in the butt.